If you put your effort and concentration into playing to your potential to be the best that you can be, I don't care what the scoreboard says, at the end of the game, in my book, we're going to be winners. The talent for so many players today, the talent in the spotlight, it's taking them to heights that their character's not strong enough to support. I'm one of those set goals, chief goals. I talked about faith, passion, obviously the drive with the guys that I've been around and the guys that surround me every single day. If I want to be one of the best, I've got to play with and against the best. Okay, so that which gets praised gets repeated. You're listening to The Hardwood Hustle, brought to you by PGC Basketball. Welcome to the Hardwood Hustle. This is TJ Rosine. I'm alongside Graham Maxwell. We're going to talk about the transfer rate. There's a lot of transferring going on. It's happening in college. It's happening in high school. People are just transferring all over the place. Even the coaching carousel, there's a lot of people transferring jobs right now. But we're specifically going to talk about players leaving and transferring and the whys uh, they're doing that and how many are doing that. But before we do that, let's just give a quick shout-out to our friends over at Shot Tracker. They keep changing the game, revolutionizing in the game, lit up the NAIA national tournament, lit up high school tournaments all over the country um, at the Sprint Center. They just continue to change the game through technology. They're putting instant information in your hands. And as coaches, if we're in a hot seat, we got 40 minutes or 32 minutes to win a game. As much information as we can get, as much good feedback as we can get to be able to help our team, we need to get. I can't believe how much I learned when I was out at their facility in in Kansas City on the things that you can track that can make your team better. Not just a whole bunch of garbage, not just this and this stat that you might not know how to interpret, things that you can use instantly. Go check out our friends over at ShotTracker.com. All right, Graham, let's jump in. Um, Talking about the transfer rate, and uh, I think one of the reasons it came up is – this year it's different you know we're as college coaches um there's now a transfer portal so just for those of the people that might not have background uh there was transfer lists before but typically as a college coach we'd have to like pay somebody uh to get us a transfer list they'd be tracking down all the kids that were transfer all their different contacts um even before that i know a lot of people would just kind of wait by the phone they call different people you got anybody leaving who's coming who's going and everyone is trying to find it out now the NCAA has made it really easy. Um, just everybody knows who's transferring. And um, I, I, you look, you can look it up while we're talking how many people are in the transfer portal right now. Uh, but specifically, we're talking basketball. I know in all sports um, across the NCAA and Division One and Division Two, we saw something around 10,000 um, athletes transferring. Is that correct? I think it was yeah. 9,700 yeah. last time I looked. Um, you know, in, in, in men's basketball, it's really early, but we're somewhere around the 800 to 1,000 mark and a uh, number of kids that are want to transfer, something like that. Right. Yeah. 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 Um, and, and women's basketball, the same thing. And so, obviously, there's a lot of kids transferring. I don't know how it compares to years past, whether this is a heavy year and there's still a lot of time left. You know, people are just doing end-of-the-season meetings. Uh, but there's no doubt players are transferring, and, um, and and I think it's even trickling down. Well, I don't think it is trickling down in high school. I mean, uh, we doesn't who is who's we file, uh, follow uh, what's the Georgia high school um, Sandy Spiel yeah Sandy right? Spiel is yeah. that the one is he the one that has the transfer list or somebody else has got the transfer list he does um, yeah he he has the transfer list in Georgia and then there's a, there's also a lot of other 
um, like avenues that people will, you know, like trainers or things, they'll come out with a list or these people are unsigned or so-and-so is transferring to school. So it comes from a lot of different areas, but he's the one that is more of like the verified account of the transfer list. Of the transfer, yeah. yeah. So, um, and he's not pushing kids or anything. So right. he still does a great job. Um, he's not pushing kids, but he's just making a list of who's looking or who is transferring schools. And this is the first year I'm aware of a high school transfer list. Um, they may have been doing it in the past. I don't know. But you can just see how the thing's trickling out. And honestly, it kind of goes from the from the top down. I mean, the NBA, I mean, the biggest stories, and ESPN turns it into the biggest stories, who's leaving, who's going, who's looking for a new contract, who's looking to team up and make a super team. Uh, but it's happening all over the over the place. So, Graham, let's talk about what does this mean that all these people are transferring? Like, how do we uh, how do we interpret that? I've seen a lot of different things. Well, this is because society changed and this is happening. Uh, but what does it mean to you when all these kids are transferring? It means to me, well, first off, I knew that there is a problem in the college ranks of people transferring. Now, I say the word problem like very lightly because I think people transferring, is, for some people, it is a really good thing. Like we were talking about, you know, earlier this week, sometimes people just need a different point of view. Sometimes need a di- people need a different perspective in order to really flourish um, and, and get the most out of their college career. So I think sometimes transferring is the best thing for a school and the best thing for a specific player. But but often people just go into a situation knowing that there's always a backup plan. Like, well, I could always just transfer if I don't really like this situation. So um, I knew that there was a problem in college, but where I really figured out like man this thing is this thing is growing was a couple years ago um like at an aau tournament me and another coaching friend in the georgia era we joke about it now but there was a guy who was playing on one aau team and he his team lost you know and that same day he was playing on a completely different aau team and that's when i knew like this this thing is even though it's in the (laughs) aau circuit like this thing is is going out of control and so really to me my first like knee-jerk reaction is this this is why a lot of people say um com- people are just aren't competitive anymore mm. you know instead of sticking with it and like um sticking with it and like fighting through the difficult circumstances like people just aren't competitive and so they would rather just have an easier path um to to winning now other people would argue the other side of that like well it actually says they are competitive they're trying to win more but i would argue you know it, it just because you win more doesn't mean you're more competitive yeah well, you know, it's, it's interesting. It's more. It's almost as more is this a societal problem? I mean, I, if you, you know, we use the word transfer, and I guess there's a different word in relationship slash marriage, you know. But um, I think over time it's become easier, and I, and not a knock. Like the same thing with transfers. Occasionally, there's reasons to get divorced, you know. And sometimes right. things don't work out. But more of my concern is that it's just easier to get divorced now it's just easier to leave a relationship it's easier to walk away from a job it's easier to transfer schools and and i and i i can hear both sides of the argument and why you know freedom of choice is good and having different options and opportunities but the you know just like anything else the flip side of that coin you know where the positives and then there's the negatives what are the negatives of what's happening and i think that's what we're trying to dive into is what are the negatives and i think one of the negatives is when people just see an easy way out, they're taking it. And what does that mean for us as a society? What does that mean for us in raising our children? What does it mean for us in, in making it through hard things? I had a, somebody reach out to me for advice not too long ago. And um, 
I just listened to their story. And one of the things I thought after listening to their story, I thought, you know, this isn't a very rewarding situation you're in because there's not a lot of sacrifice. And sometimes sacrifice is the best thing for us. You know, sometimes pain is the best thing for us. Sometimes hard times are the best thing for us. I've shared and I've been transparent, you know, in different places I've spoken before and uh, been transparent in the show. But some of the, the most difficult times of my life the hardest things that ever happened to me, you know, the other side of it were the absolute best things. And I don't think that's unique to me. I think that's a lot of people's right. story, right? You know, but when we, you know, the financial crisis, 2008, we moved up here, we lost our house. Someone was in the hospital. We had all kinds of medical bills. Like, you know, it, it helped me to loosen my grip on money and to realize I'm really just a steward of this money. It's not really my money. And, um, I put way too much stock in it as well as me, my image and keeping, uh, you know, everything paid for and serving as a man. I want to serve as a man. I want to take care of my family, but some things were out of my control and, and, but going through that and struggling through that was really good as were our marriage in the first year. We had a really hard time. I've shared that before. Um, but we're stronger because of it 15 years later. My concern, my biggest concern is that we're just getting really good as a society is taking the easy way out. Yeah. yeah I mean, you, you, you cannot, I, I mean, I can't disagree with you. I think, you know, and I was reading a report um, several months ago and it talked about like millennials and, and how many times millennials just change jobs before they actually settle down into the career that they want. And again, that's not saying that's a bad thing. They're trying to figure figure what is really right for me and maybe they're starting from a place and, and trying to find out what's right but I think there's also another side to that as well saying you know like if, if something gets hard like I'm just going to quit it and like pick something up or yeah. when I face adversity I'm just going to try to uh, you know instead of fighting through it and making this the best job for me um, I'm going to I'm going to kind of quit it and find uh, and find something else but um, so I definitely agree I think society tells us the best thing for us is if we face hard times then you know, just quit, quit now and find something different. Yeah. Well, so I, I, we got a bunch of good th thoughts on this, but really I want to talk a little bit more practical when we come back from the break. Well, how, how do you decide whether you quit playing basketball or any sport? How do you decide if you transfer? How do you decide if you stick it out? Like, because there are times to quit. There are times to transfer and there are times to stay. How do you decipher that? So we're going to talk through that in the second half, but uh, let's take a halftime break and get the communication tip of the week from our friends over at Team Snap. Thanks to our friends over at Team Snap for today's halftime communication tip. Coaches, I'd like to share with you a communication exercise called retracing. Before you have that conversation with the player or with your fellow coach, retrace the past one, two, three, four conversations you've had with that individual. What was the theme of that conversation? So for example, let's say there's a player that you need to critique and address something with that player today. That's totally fine. And maybe that conversation has to happen. But what did your previous couple conversations look like? Were you addressing things with them at that time? Also, were you having stern, serious conversations in those moments? And would today be maybe the third or fourth in a row of the same theme? Retracing our communication allows us to break up any unhealthy patterns. So maybe today, despite the fact that it needs to be addressed because of the fact that you've addressed two or three different things on recent conversations, 
Maybe today you, you just love on your player and you save that critique until tomorrow. Because if you put them all together in a consecutive row, it could actually create some type of damage. It could really damage the player and have that player think, man, coach is just always getting on me. Like every the last week, every time he's talked to me, he's always got on me and addressed something. Sometimes retracing our communication will allow us to have more effective and healthier communication today. Thanks to our friends over at TeamSnap. Make sure you check out teamsnap.com backslash hustle to learn more about the communication app being used by over 15 million people across the globe. That's teamsnap.com backslash hustle. All right, Graham. So I think, number one, there's a transfer problem, right? In in society and life and high school, basketball, college, there's a transfer problem. Um, we've, we've identified that. Um, the the downside of that is that maybe as a society uh, we're we're losing the ability to persevere. We're losing the ability to stick through tough times. Uh, and and but there's not always the answer. It's not always just a clean you know black and white answer. Let's dive into this. What it means for like a college player, a high school player. So at the end of the year, we'll have meetings with our players. And I think one thing that's really important for people to know is like. Most of the time in college, and I I assume maybe this happens in high school sometimes too, um, but a lot of times we've had a lot of players who go backwards their freshman year. Um, You know, they're this particular player. uh, It's an adjustment. They've got to adjust at taking care of their own classes. They've got to adjust at staying on on track, managing their own time. They've got to go against better players than they've ever gone against. They're going to have a different role than they had in high school. They might not have the same freedom. There's so many things. And a lot of times we see kids um, a few months into it think, I don't know if I want to do this. This is too big of a commitment. Um, this is really tough. This is really hard. Um, I don't like my role. I, we see that all the time. I mean, 90% of freshmen, right? I mean, don't, would you agree? I, I yeah, mean, it's, yeah. it's a huge number. And, um, and, and so I, we're not unrealistic about that. Like, we know that that happens, and we know that that happens – to players and then they make that phone call home and parents got to decide how they're going to handle you know that phone call home because they don't know what it looks like we have the advantage of knowing what it looks like you know as coaches four years later for with all of these kids what happens when they stick it out what happens but they're in a, they're in a really tough time and in that tough time a lot of young people handle it different right i mean a lot of people they just start um some of them buck up and get through it um, some of them complain, some of them pout, some of them, I mean, there's a lot of different ways to handle it. Some of them approach their coach and ask them. Some of them never say anything to their coach. There's a million different ways uh, to handle that. But then we go on through the end of the season, we get to the end of the season, and um, we don't have a, a ton of transfers, but occasionally we have kids transfer. Right. Um, and occasionally we take a transfer into our school. So it's not, I mean, like we said, there's no black and white. No, we say you've got to do this or you can't do that. Because um, we've taken some kids, and one of the things that we try and find out if we're going to take a transfer, do we really think their reason is legit? Right. Because if they're not happy there and they're just looking for more points, more shots, whatever, they might not be happy here. And so we try and dive into what, why they're um, unhappy. But when a player comes into the, the year, we sit down, we have meetings, and we tell them where we think they stand. We review the year where they might stand in the future, and then they've got to make a decision on what they might think is is um, is best for them. And uh, when we go through that conversation, they all digest it differently. Um, you know, some of them, some players, like I said before, some players. It, well, let me preface this: all the players that come in here, their parents tell us they're the hardest worker they've ever seen in their life. They love basketball. We'll never get them out of the gym. You know. Right. 
a month into practice, yeah. it's hard to find them around the gym. You know, they're tired. They're really tired. Mm-hmm. So that's not always true, but that's how it starts, right? Right. So we have these meetings, and then we find out what's next, you know, what are these players going to do. So give me some of your thoughts. When we've had these meetings, um, how should they be processing this information? What should they be thinking? And and uh, why do you think a lot of them choose to transfer at a lot of different places? Yeah, I think a over um, like an overbearing theme that I've I've kind of come to grips with is, and I, and this is this is a credit to you that you've you've given us this thought and let's like trickle down throughout our entire program. And again, like this is not to say like we're this is the only way to do it or the best way to do it. But one thing that I do take pride in and being a part of the staff at Emmanuel is, and I've often joked with some of the kids that I've recruited is like, listen, I'm probably a bad recruiter in the sense of I'm I'm going to tell you everything thing about our school and not just the things that you want to hear you know I think a lot not I think like I know there's a lot of situations that people go into whether it's school or or we talked about marriage they go into marriage or they go into a job they don't actually know everything that that job that marriage or that school entails you know so when they step into those situations they're like oh wait like I was told it was this but it's actually this and so then from the jump it's like they've been um, they've been lied to, you mm-hmm. know? And so I think that all, all of a sudden gets that wheel turn in their mind. This isn't what I was told. And so I can't trust them anymore, or this isn't the best fit for me. And so I think that's honestly, I feel like that's where it starts a lot of times, especially in the college coaching profession. We just, we try to get the biggest names. We try to get the best players in the doors and we think, Oh, if they don't work out, well, man, that's on them. Cause I signed a big name. And so I think that's where it starts is the upfront honesty isn't, always there and so i think that's where it really starts yeah you know i think that does fall to coaches in the recruiting process um i I do think we owe it to young people to be honest and transparent with them and to be honest with you i when i transferred um after my freshman year it it, i see both of it in hindsight part of it was i was a little bit immature um part of it was um you know that uh, I needed to just maybe buck up and grow up and get get through some things. Um, there was another side to it too. Um, the other side too was that, um, and it wasn't just the school that I went to because I think a lot of schools that I went on recruiting visits to, I kind of felt the same way about all of them. Like all I knew was the shiny. This is great. I'm going to love this. Like all I, I didn't. I didn't. They didn't tell me what it was really going to be like. Uh, they just told me I was the greatest thing since sliced bread, and this was the greatest school since sliced bread, and that's all I knew. And so I, that no one told me what the downsides of going there might be. What are some things that would be hard for me to overcome? And then part two of that was every person needs something different in their experience. I'm a relational guy in the sense of, like, I needed a coach to play for that I believed in, that loved me, that cared for me, because that was my experience playing for my dad, you know? And it was hard for me from from the first school I went to to play there because I didn't have that. You know, and at the end of my year, I had to say, can I do this for four years? Um, And I could have gone either way. I could say, you know what, I want to play for Coach. I also could have said, you know, forget Coach. I just need to bond with these guys and believe in them. So I get on all the different ways that that could have gone. And it's a hard decision when you're 18 years old, you know, figuring what the Right. right thing to do is. But I do think coaches need to start by telling the truth and really painting a real picture of of what it's going to be like to go there. I think a lot of kids turn us down because we paint a real picture. Mm-hmm. But I also think we don't have a lot of transfers because 
we paint a real picture. Right. Would you agree with that? I agree. Yeah. And, I, and what you just said, like you, you kind of got down to the root of the problem. Like if I'm going to transfer, like, here's the reason why, you know, like I am, I'm a relationship guy. Like I need this and something that's not being offered here. Um, and I think it would be very hypocritical for me or us to say like, we're completely against transfers. And then, like this year we signed two or three transfers, you know, like I, I don't, not saying we don't ever sign transfers, but I think if someone before they transfer and after they transfer, like we have to fully realize like what is the reasoning on why they transferred? You know, was there an opportunity for them to fight through something really small and they didn't? Um, or was it for um, was it for a better opportunity? I'll give you a good example. So um, I guess I'm proud to say this. I'm not really sure, but I'm an Orlando Magic fan where we're fighting for mm. the eighth spot in the East. Um, mm. Yeah, I might lose some friends on this, but I'm a big Orlando Magic guy, and, and everyone was pretty high on Victor Oladipo when he came into the league, and like, and Oladipo didn't really do a ton when he was with the Magic. I think it was with him three years, maybe. Um, and you know, I just heard some some rumors and things about his situation in Orlando, and it was almost like he had he had kind of checked out, and so there was frustration on his end. But there was some real frustration on like the management and the coaching side of of that relationship, um, and so it was like man this is best for us to part ways and so we got traded to Oklahoma City and and Oladipo even even credits Westbrook he said he had to get out of like his situation he was in in Orlando to fully realize like his potential by watching like Russell Westbrook work or by getting around another organization and I know it kind of like um like backhands the magic a little bit but every situation is not for everybody Mm -hmm. you know and so now look at him he's one of the best players in the nba but i don't think he would have reached that unless he kind of got out of his situation no he's he's with indiana he he got hurt this year but yeah Yeah. he's he's done really well so it might have taken him yeah a couple times to get around and you know and sometimes it does work out like that and you know also sometimes it doesn't work out i mean i think about we've had a number of division one transfers come to us before yeah. right and uh, we got one great one right now just a great guy great kid good person right but we've also had a really high number of ones that didn't work out mm-hmm. they had the talent but there was other, you know the reasons they left their first school are the same reasons they weren't able to play for us right and it, it just you know it, the stripes were the stripes and and there were some Occasionally, we find a player that you know didn't want to transfer, but coach wanted him to leave. We find there's whole uh, there's a whole myriad of things that go on and why on why players leave. That's why we really try and find out what is really at the root of this. Is this something that's going to continue to happen? But sometimes a lot of a lot of times, you know, I, you know, you think the grass is always greener, and you I don't remember where I read it and saw it before, but you know, it, it, we need to stop thinking about the grass being greener. We need to water our own grass. And right. a lot of players and coaches aren't doing that. Right. You know, um, I think about that even in terms of a job, like, you know, a manual, just being transparent was not a great job when I got here. And mm-hmm. I, not just me, but a lot of players, a lot of coaches, a lot of people have made this into a good job. Right. right? And um, that took a mindset of me. I think when I first left my first job, I was frustrated. I was upset. And I was like, man, I'm just going to climb the ladder till I get another job. Then as my priorities changed, my perspective changed, I said, you know what, why don't I just make this the greatest job? And sometimes that's the mindset a player needs or a coach needs is just to realize um, because and really my dad helped me to to establish that is, you know, son, people chase the dream all their lives. But how do you know you're not living the dream? You know, and then I started believing I was living the dream and I stopped chasing the dream, you know, and it was just a flip of mindset. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times it's hard for young players to think in those terms about flipping that mindset. And so 
there's a there's a ton of reasons that players transfer, and there's some good ones. There's some bad ones. I think the one thing that we're all concerned about is is everybody just taking um, the easy way out. And I, I I don't think you can throw it all on players because let's be honest with you, there's a lot of meetings at the end of the year where coaches are saying go find a new place. Yeah, you know, and so there's players that have to transfer and they have to go other places. And sometimes uh, the coach, the teacher is not willing to help water the grass for the player. Yeah, They're just like, hey, I, I, I saw you for six months. It wasn't good enough. I need a new player. Yeah. And so um, I, I don't think we can throw all of the blame just on the player. Yeah. I mean, they, they do watch coaches. I mean, as you know, we joke about it, but this is the time of year where we're on hoop dirt, you know, not necessarily for us, but we're just trying to see – like who all's moving, who all's changing, and again, it, there's some situations that are out of people's control. But it feels like this time of year, where a lot of the country, you know, is feeling is feeling like, man, I, I have to go find a better situation, or or I gotta I gotta leave the situation I'm in. So I think players do see that, you know. So if if us, you know, as college coaches, are are thinking, man, I gotta find a new situation. I mean, we can't be surprised when. Our players are, are thinking the same exact thing. And, again, there's some things out of people's control. Um, but I, as you said, you know, why not make the job that we're at the best job possible? Everyone is trying to get better. Everyone is working towards their dream, and their dream might be, you know, the biggest head coaching job as possible. You know, but I think sometimes people just like to jump around and make lateral moves just because they think that fit might be better um, when actuality, like like you said, they just need to water the the lawn that they're on. Yeah, you know, I, yeah. So I think that the biggest takeaways from this are, uh, you know. As coaches, we need to examine our own what's going on with us. Are we helping kids to get through this process better? Are we helping them to be able to get through the struggle? Because I really don't like the fact sometimes that adults are always saying, you know, children aren't doing this and they're transferring. How they, you know, like all these people, like, even in like the high school realm, like those kids are not just solely making that decision. Some parents enabling them to do this. You know, and, and they're getting and and my real belief in this, I, mean, I think I don't think that many kids being really honest. This is my humble opinion. I don't think that many kids have improved their stock on where they're going to go to college by changing high schools. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, 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 you know, maybe they go to this state, this team that plays and wins some more games and does whatever. But if you're good enough, college coaches find you, you know, and if you go and you go 25 and three on this team. And the wins a state championship and you're good and or you go you know you know 17 and 11 on this other team i think as coaches we're smart enough to realize this team has a lot of talent and this team doesn't i don't think it's changing the perspective i don't think a kid's going from small d1 to duke because they changed high schools i i haven't seen that i mean we think about all the kids that transfer in georgia these are the schools that were recruiting them before they transferred, and here's the schools recruiting them after they transferred. Wouldn't you say that's mostly yeah. true? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I, I can think of a couple I'm not going to name, but this year we watched them at a school last year, and then they transferred to a new school, and the same schools are recruiting them. It right. wasn't it wasn't any different than the schools were recruiting them before. Um, yeah, so I but but I but adults play a, a role in this too. You know, we're parenting these children. We're coaching these children. Um, we we have to own our responsibility in it. And then, you know, young people and for players that are listening, um, you've got to think through yours. And the other, I would also caution them to be really, really intentional 
on uh, on on making through this, the decision based on more than just what looks shiny and pretty. And we're going to talk about that in one of our future episodes. Future episodes is like, where should I go to college? Small college, big college? What do I need? What am I trying to find? How can we help some some players and coaches to advise them well? on making the right decision but uh yeah hey we'd love to hear your thoughts at hardwood underscore hustle and let us know what you think about the transfer rate what's good what's bad what can we change what can we do different uh look forward to hearing your thoughts i am tj this is graham and we're at hardwood hustle Till next time